winter is coming. You're listening to the Watchers of Westeros. I am the king! A Game of Thrones podcast. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Fire cannot kill a dragon. Lion doesn't concern himself with the opinions of a sheep. But also heard the phrase, a Lannister always pays his debt. For the night is dark and full of terror. What good is power if you cannot protect the ones you love? We can avenge them. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Watchers of Westeros at long, long last. We're back to talk some more Game of Thrones and get you set for season six. It is just two weeks away as we record this. We are so excited and we're so happy to be back. We had planned on coming back sooner, but it did not work out. So we're we're considering this a fresh start, a restart, a reset here as we uh, as we get set for season six and the continuing uh, story in Westeros and all that. Uh, introductions are in order. If you are new to the show. Uh, and, you know, as we come on for this uh, new beginning of the show and uh, as we get set for season six, uh, hopefully there'll be some new listeners as well, in addition to our uh, long-suffering returning listeners. Uh, but my name is Dominic, and joining me, as he always does, it's my good... <clears throat> excuse me. Lost my voice there. It's been so long since I've done this, I l- I'm losing my voice just from doing the intro. Uh, it's my good friend and co-host, the award-winning Kieran Duggan. Good evening, Mr. Dominic Jones. And it's been a while, hasn't it? Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, we, we talked about this a lot off air. Um, but this has kind of sprung up on us, hasn't it? Yeah, it kind of <laughs> came out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. It just feels like this season, I think it's a mul- multiple, uh, there's multiple aspects to this, but it, it does seem to have almost just kind of sprung up on us because... We, I guess me and Dominic have been so focused on what's been going on in the Star Wars universe, which over the last three months has probably been uh, you know, the biggest amount of Star Wars news we've had to deal with in our lifetimes, uh, with The Force Awakens, Rogue One trailer, etc., etc. Um, and then with the Game of Thrones kind of publicity machine, it seemed like there was a trailer here, there was a trailer there, but we've only really had one big trailer, haven't mm-hmm. we, Dominic? I yeah. mean, we, we, we have had officially two trailers, but the first one was more of a recap sort of trailer, I would say. Yeah. And then the second one was a proper teaser trailer. So, And it's only coming up in about three weeks' time. So we haven't really got that long to go, have not we? Even, not even that. In two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks' time. April wow. 24th. April 24th, the show returns on HBO. <coughs> and, yeah, we're, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, everything went quiet for a little while there. Once while they were filming, you know, there were lots of set updates while they were filming. Lots of interesting sightings of people with uh long luxurious black hair on set with wielding swords and people that look like they probably should be dead were but were back and alive and well uh so there was some interesting stuff from the set but that but you know the marketing machine was quiet for a while until uh until it started to heat up in the last few months and now uh we got 
couple of trailers and a lot of fun and and a lot of the teasers and some clips and it, it's a it's a it's it's an exciting time to be a fan. It's ex- exciting to get uh, back into this world as we get set for season six. Now, I, I actually, you know, in the time between you know seasons, I, I did get to revisit this world a little bit in the form of some of the and some of the books, not in uh, not the A Song of Ice and Fire books necessarily, but I did pick up the book uh, A Night in the Seven Kingdoms, which was a collection of three short stories by George R.R. R. Martin that are set about a hundred years before Game of Thrones. And they're just like these little adventures of the of a hedge knight, Sir Duncan the Tall, uh, and his squire, Egg, who has a has a very um royal royal lineage, shall, shall we say. And they're they're just these fun little uh uh, little adventures. They're it's uh, three short stories. I've been really been enjoying them. I've only read the first one. I've been uh, I've been savoring them uh, as as we get set for uh, season six, and I'll, I'll probably hold off on the on the third one at least until after the season. So then I can you know when I'm feeling down and missing the show, I can go back and and revisit that universe. But yeah, but even if even if we were reading the books, I mean, season six is supposed to uh, supposed to go past them in a big way, which is going to be uh, very interesting. Now there's going to be. Uh, I feel like there'll be less spoilers this season. You know, last season you were still dodging spoilers of who would die in that final episode. Yeah, exactly. Not so much anymore. And there's a lot to look forward to. And I may have mentioned the fact that there hasn't been perhaps as much in a way of, of, of trailers and clips, but I think perhaps that's just the way it's been perceived. I mean, uh, that there has been, and we're going to talk about it throughout this round table as you rightly said, Dominic, it's been a couple of trailers, been a couple of clips um, and cast announcements. Um, it's slowly building up. Um, at the very least, I've seen a lot, particularly on a, a British terrestrial television, uh, there's been a lot of adverts or, or, or people talking about Game of Thrones, at least, and saying it's coming back to, here it's Sky Atlantic, and for you it's HBO. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to look forward to. And it's I can't believe it's only two weeks around the corner now. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Like the marketing for season six hasn't been. Uh, I don't think it has been as heavy as it was for season five. I think they're being uh, they're playing things a little bit closer to the chest this or to the vest this time with, uh, you know, some of the some of the stuff we we think we may see this season. They want to keep that a surprise, um, and, and also maybe because they they're not teasing stuff that people have already read about in, in books and stuff. But by that same time, like I, I still feel like Game of Thrones never really went away. Because, you know, just watching HBO and I watch a couple of other HBO shows like Last Week Tonight and Real Time and that sort of stuff. Uh, but like watching HBO, you still see the previews for it and uh, and uh, that that just sort of say, you know, this is this is, the, you know, when they're running through all the different shows on the network, there's lots of stuff about Game of Thrones. And anytime they're promoting HBO Go, there's lots of stuff from uh, from Game of Thrones, lots of Jon Snow and and and, and Tyrion and Danny and, and all those characters that we love. So it's it, you know. It's not like it's been totally gone. It's just kind oh, of... Oh, no, not at all. It, it's I just, mean, perhaps it's just speaking to our partisan perspectives of yeah. being wrapped <laughs> up so much in, in Star Wars that it may just seem that way, but mm-hmm. perhaps to a larger audience. I mean, I'm looking at some of these figures here, and you know, for the for the teaser trailer that came out um, back in February, they've got you know 11 million views on that on the Game of Thrones page. The Red Band trailer's got nearly 30 million views. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's got a lot of coverage, let's be honest. It oh, just yeah. seems in terms of frequency to be less. But, uh, I mean, I could speak about yesterday when I went to uh, 
watch Batman v Superman for the first time, there was the trailer for Game of Thrones. Really? Uh, which you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They showed that. They put, in- that, uh, they put that in the uh, preview section with the uh, with the other film trailer. Oh, that's so awesome. There you go. They're cheating their way in. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I, yeah, I'm trying to think. Even even when I went to see Game of Thrones in the theater one time, when they had that IMAX screening, I don't even think then they they showed the trailers or something. They showed the trailers for it. That's great, though. That's awesome. But yeah, there's there's a lot to lot to talk about. And before we start talking about the um the 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 previews and the trailers and stuff, I want to go back to uh, November, November, and we got a post on the Game of Thrones Facebook page, and there was the very first teaser trailer or teaser poster, I should say, teaser poster for season six, and it was it was pretty surprising. I just sent you the link uh, if you've forgotten. Uh, But it was pretty surprising because of who was being used in the marketing. Mm. The first face we saw for any sort of promotion about season six, announcing that it was going to premiere in April, was Jon Snow looking pretty dead, but with the blood on his face. But still, it was Jon Snow, which, (laughs) which, I mean... If you look back after, after season two or after season one, they weren't using Ned to promote it anymore. After season three, they, they weren't really using uh, Rob to promote it. After season uh, four, they certainly weren't using Joffrey to promote it. <laughs> um, it or Oberyn Martell. Or Oberyn Martell, yeah. And, and, but now season, uh, season six, the very first image that we're being shown is Jon Snow. And... I like to think that that's because, you know, even though they're not going to come out and say it, this is as close to a confirmation that we will get from uh, from HBO that he's alive he's, he, or he's coming back. He's still going to uh, factor into next season. Well, I mean, from what from the coverage that has been released related to Game of Thrones, Kit Harrington has been involved in a lot of interviews he, he he's recently been on the Jonathan Ross show here in Great Britain, which is on the, the ITV channel we have here, mm-hmm. uh, TV broadcasting company. Um, I've seen him, I believe, on the the, the Jimmy it might be in the Jimmy Kimmel show, uh, yeah, uh, and the Conan uh, Conan O'Brien show. He he's been around, um, so it's not surprising that with a poster like this and with him talking to a number of different uh, TV broadcasters um, and, other, and other press agencies that, that Jon Snow is going to be involved. There's no doubt about it. And that's what everyone wants to know, let's be honest. Yeah. That, that's what you want to know, Dominic. When we first come back, and I'm, 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 I'm saying you here as almost a representative of the Game of Thrones TV, <laughs> TV show fans here. Yeah. Um, you're the representative now, but you obviously want to know mm. what's going to happen with Jon Snow. Yes, of course. And so I think everyone, that's the question on everyone's lips because no one's really believed it. And I feel like the poster kind of cements that. That's the very first thing uh, that's going to be talked about. And as we'll later discuss in the show, there's, there's an interesting preview clip, which um, we'll look forward to talking to, which I think as well is going to kind of consolidate this idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you know, when Kit Harrington's out talking about the show, obviously he's not saying... 
I'm I'm alive. He's been you know kind of saying, no. I'm, he, I'm just there. To, he's like I'm just there to to shoot to shoot scenes as the corpse. And you know Charles Dance did the same thing in, in uh, season five when he came back to be uh, Tywin's corpse, which was I don't uh, remember him going to as many. No, but he was still he still got like second or third billing in the episode he was still in the credits and all he had to do was lie there on a slab which i mean <laughs> shows shows the uh the power of charles dance you know when you've had a career as as distinguished distinguished as his you know you can you can be in the credits and all you have to do is lie there with rocks on your face <laughs> and they'll give you top billing which is a which is a pretty sweet gig you gotta got to admit uh, but Bad. Mm-hmm. But what we're going to do now is we're going to go through uh, the trailers and the teasers and we're going to why don't we go in like in chronological order, like from mm. what we saw from the very first teaser, the Hall of Faces, all the way up until uh, the clip that uh, Sir Davos, Liam Cunningham, debuted on Conan last week. So let's start with the Hall of Faces. We're going to listen to it and then we'll talk about it. So let's take a listen right now. So obviously, what I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has seen it, uh, but we've got the camera basically panning through uh, the Hall of Faces. So we see a lot of familiar faces. We see Ned, we see Rob, we see Catelyn, we see Joffrey, we see John, all of whom are believed to be dead or are dead. And then we see Tyrion. The focus is obviously on Tyrion, but we see a lot of other familiar faces. There's uh, Sansa, Arya, um, and a couple of others. Uh, there was Daenerys, Daenerys Cersei, and yep. Jaime. They were the six main faces. Six that main you faces. Saw. Yeah. So those, I mean, those are the six uh, six main characters who are still alive, I guess. Uh, so yeah. it's a, but it's kind of interesting. There is sort of it does feel like there's a, a bit more of looking back in the marketing for this season. I don't really remember looking back much in the marketing for last season. Like last season, I remember in terms of looking back, the only really the looking back we saw was like with the Sand Snakes and stuff, where they were looking back to last season with with what had happened to Oberyn whereas here you know we're starting with Ned and we're we're going through all of these you know beloved characters who have been killed off um and then some not so beloved characters but but characters who left a big imprint on the show it almost feels like this season uh, you know one of the things they've been saying about this season is that they are moving into the end game it's, it does kind of feel like some of the things that 
a lot, a lot of groundwork has been laid for over the last five seasons are going to begin to come to a head this year. And they want us to kind of begin to remember, oh yeah, Ned and, and Catelyn and, and, and Robin, they want us to be kind of thinking about some of those things uh, as we go into this season. So when, when those things are revisited, it's already, um, it's still fresh in our mind. Mm. So you think there's some sort of proper purpose to this? There's a sincere purpose to this. It's not just a marketing ploy of saying, oh, look at all of these beloved characters. Well, it's a bit of that. Uh, it's, it's definitely a bit of that, too. I mean, there's no, there's no denying that. It, it definitely is like a trip down memory lane. Remember how much you love this show kind of thing. A nostalgia trip almost. Yeah, exactly. But by the same token, I, I do think, and we'll, we'll talk about the, the trailer in a second, uh, with Ned in particular, we're going to want to remember some stuff. And I, I do believe that, you know, the, the plot to kill Joffrey, uh, that, that uh, Olena and, and Littlefinger uh, played out in season mm-hmm. four. I think that might come back in a big way. or that ha- I, I do think that has to come back before the series is done. I think at some point that's going to either be involved in the ultimate victory of Cersei Lannister or her ultimate demise when she finds out the truth. Yeah, that's interesting. And what about Rob Stark then? I think that's, just the, I think that's just the nostalgia trip. <laughs> Okay, so or so, or maybe although although Cat is an interesting one as well because you hear her voice. Uh, mm-hmm. um, been a, a few theories about her possibly returning. Well, yeah. I have to say, well, yeah, because in the in the books she does come back as Lady Stoneheart. Mm. So there, and then that's something that happened at the end of the third book, and which I think some people felt should have happened at the end of the fourth season of the show. So it, yeah. it, it's something that's. Uh, that's been kind of bandied about for a while that maybe she would come back and they just never, that, that seems to be maybe one of those subplots from the books that, that needs to be um, trimmed in order to, uh, in order to fit in better with the, with the show. And, and I, I've seen some people say that like Brienne of Tarth has taken on some of the, some of the uh, roles that uh, Lady Stone, Stoneheart was doing, not all of them, obviously, but some of the, some yeah. of the, some of her, uh, her plot lines are being reworked into Brienne's story. Well, Rob Stark could be another interesting one if, if if we're looking at why he's in this trailer. Perhaps we're going to see a bit more of the twins. See mm-hmm. see if anything actually happens to uh, to the phrase mm-hmm. whether they get their comeuppance this season. Yeah, that's, that's is, a possibility because obviously we look at the death and also who else was involved in that death? The Boltons, mm-hmm. and it seems like they will be playing a, a very prominent role, and they may well be getting their comeuppances <laughs> this season. At least I hope so. Yeah. Well, I mean that's something I've you know one of the. F- one of the first names on 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 Arya's list. I don't I don't remember if it was still on the list last season, but was Walter Frey, and that would be a, an interesting uh, an interesting place for for that story to go. It, it does seem like maybe Arya will begin to head more towards uh, more towards back towards Westeros this season. Just from the way things seem to be going in the trailer, it doesn't look like she's going to be staying at the House of Black and White for very much longer. Not at all. All right. Well, let's talk about the trailer, but first, let's listen. He's gone. World was on fire. No one could save me, but we're the only ones who matter. And everything they've taken from us, we're going to take back and more. Strange what desire will make foolish people do. The great victory I saw in the flames. All of it was a lie. What a wicked game you play. Make me feel this way. 
Every one of us is poor and powerless, yet we can overthrow an empire. You're in the great game now, and the great game is terrifying. Order your man to step aside or there will be violence. I choose violence. of a fighter. Apologies for what you're about to see. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a great trailer. And the soundtrack is oh, yeah. just perfect. Well, I love the, the Game of Thrones trailer soundtracks. Like, even, even last season, uh, with these, these like, the, the music that they choose is always, it's always very appropriate, very, very good. And, uh, and yeah, what they, what they, I mean, there's just so much in that trailer. <laughs> I mean, again, it begins with uh, Jon Snow's corpse. So, yeah. again, should, should we of... save that to the end so we can link it into the uh, the Liam Cunningham clip as well? For sure, for sure. Um, so, I mean, one of the as next... you say, no, sorry, yeah, there is an emphasis on Jon Snow in this trailer. Yeah, obviously. yeah, that's 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 what I yeah that's what I wanted to mention. That like it is he's still very important to the story. But then one of the next things we see is, is Jamie and Cersei back together. And at the end of last season, it really did feel like Cersei, uh, you know, she had been broken uh, or she had been beaten down, but she was going to come back, you know, with a, with a real fire lit under her butt. And she's going to really want to, that she's not going to take any prisoners. I think she's in a way she's almost done playing the game. You know, you almost get the sense that she's done playing the game and she's just going to go for more violent tactics. I mean, we see in the trailer, there's the scene where she's speaking to uh, old Lancel Lannister and he says, you know, tell your man to step step down or there will be violence. And she says, I choose violence. So it it kind of seems like she's done trying to manipulate everybody politically and she's just going to basically use uh, Robert Strong, the, uh, the knight, of, uh, that she has there the the mountain reborn uh to just basically bash heads together and get what she wants and there is a very interesting shot in the trailer and it may be uh, just clever editing where it seems to show um cersei and tomlin sort of walking at each other in opposition like she may alienate herself from her son a little bit because we know that tomlin has a, has a deep affection for marjorie for uh, whatever reasons <laughs> or, or should I say for obvious reasons uh, and, and, um, and and so that's kind of put him in kind of in between these two very powerful women uh, who don't like each other and who are both who are both very adept at playing the game and he's kind of the chess piece that they're moving around and, and so maybe he will definitively pick a side this season it wouldn't surprise me and he needs to start picking a side because Mm-hmm. We saw the the kind of faults of his character last season. You know, he was very timid. He was he was very unwilling to 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 kind of throw his bets into rescuing his 
mother, his spouse. It all just kind of, you know, kind of was drained from his fingertips almost. He, he had no uh, you know, positive stance to kind of stop the, stop the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly of this of this new order now, which is rising and has great ambitions, as we hear in this trailer. Oh yeah! But Cersei is is back with a vengeance, and rightfully so from her perspective, because at the end of this season, she was thrown under the thrown under the house. Now, that's not to say it wasn't deserved, because she also tried to manipulate a lot of what had happened to her own advantage and. It was the machinations, particularly of Olena and uh, Littlefinger, we 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 would we could believe, or at least that's what was implied, which put uh, Cersei into that cell. But you know, the kind of the her hair, she she's kind of left it short. Um, you know, she she's just as you say, Dominic. Her policy is violence, is to enact revenge on those who have done her wrong, and a lot of those people are sitting on that high council. So I, I would be very afraid if I was a, a certain Grand Maester <laughs> or, or if I was uh, Kenan uh, yeah. Lannister. I feel that uh, a lot of action is going to be going their way. And you do wonder whether that will come into conflict with Tomlin. Do, do you think, Dominic, that there will be open conflict between Cersei and her son? I, I, I mean, I do. particularly on the back of what we what is led to believe uh, is Jamie telling her about Marcella's death. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I don't know if there will be, you know, maybe, I, I don't think Cersei will ever turn on Tomlin. I don't think she'll be the one to turn on him. But if he were to turn on her, I still believe that she would never intentionally harm him. No. You know, I mean, obviously she was going to give him that poison in, uh, at the end of season two, but that was sort of like a, a, a mercy kill. Like that was to save him from whatever uh, she believed um, Stannis and, and his men would have done. Uh, mm. But, but you know, she's still, she, her goal is, is to protect her children. And, you know, I, I don't think she'll ever turn on him, but if he were to turn on her, I could see her trying to basically burn down everything around him, you know, not, not ever kill him, but try and and basically destroy what's around him, and in, in the hopes that he would come back to her. Why do you think he would turn on her if that was the case? What do you think would spark that? Marjorie, yeah, I, she yeah. she's she was very good at, at whispering, not only in his ear but even Joffrey's ear. She she knows how to play this game. She knows how to play these um, teenage boys. She knows how to you know she knows what buttons to push with them, and and she you know. In a lot of ways, she did win him over last season. And, you know, he was very much stuck in the middle. And, and I, I feel like at some point he's going to have to pick a side and he's more likely to pick her side than his mother's side. Um, you know, which is kind of kind of strange. I think, you know, he wants in his mind, they should both be able to get along. But by that same token, I think when it comes down to it, he would... I think Marjorie was better at at, uh, at whispering in his ear than than Cersei was. Well, Marjorie, we do actually see her in a couple of Very clips in this trailer, yeah. and there's one particular scene for for those of you who are listening. If you go to one eighteen in the trailer, you actually see Marjorie kneeling down to the High Sparrow, who is holding her hands, and it's a very similar image to that of when Cersei 
pleaded forgiveness and 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 and, and uh, obviously wanted to admit that she was guilty so that she would be able to atone for her sins. And it's exactly the same thing I I imagine is happening here with Marjorie. Um, perhaps she's heard wind of the fact that Cersei's obviously managed to get out by doing this, or maybe she's just succumbed to the pressure. We don't actually know. But all that we do know is that the High Sparrow is looking like he's about to forgive Marjorie for her sins. And uh, whether that's because of what Tomlin said or whether that's from Marjorie's own will, we don't know. But she's getting out of there, Dominic, isn't she? She's, she's oh, yeah. going to come back <laughs> and be a force next season, would you imagine? Oh, absolutely. In a way, this, that storyline kind of feels like this is almost like season five, part two, you know, mm. with that particular storyline. Because that storyline... Even though it dried we, up, didn't it? Mm-hmm, in, in, yeah. the, in the middle of season five. Yeah, even though we kind of got resolution with with Cersei's storyline, the whole Marjorie and and um, Loras stuff, it did kind of, it it didn't it did kind of end without any sort of resolution or or even really any setup for next season, where it's just kind of like, yeah, they're still in jail. That seems to be seems to be it. Uh, so I, I it did seem a little bit. Uh, little bit odd so that that when it, when you're when we're seeing those scenes it does kind of feel like season five part two but everything else i mean most of the other storylines had pretty um satisfying conclusions for the end of a season and and so we, it does kind of feel like you know it, that's the that's the one place where it feels like it's a direct continuation rather than the next chapter if you know what i mean yeah i could see that and it, that story is definitely going to continue throughout this season oh, absolutely. and another one as well which I think nicely links on to what we're talking about here is the high sparrow. Yeah. Uh, so I'm particularly looking at the clip at, uh, I paused it at 41 seconds and there's the quote where the high sparrow says, uh, you know, looking to overthrow an empire. I, I think that speaks to his ambitions, Dominic, but you know, do, do you think this is really going to be a, a feasible objective? Is he pushing too far up the tree or do you think that he will be able to get the people on side and a lot of stuff is going to go down <laughs> in King's Landing for the worse? I mean, we've already, I guess, seen the power, haven't we, of the High Sparrow in the, at the end of last season uh, or the authority of the High Sparrow. Uh, do you think we'll see that continue in season, season six? Oh, absolutely. I think that's definitely something we're going to see it continue. And I think things in King's Landing are just going to get more and more chaotic as, as we progress and, and they have just over the course of the last uh, of the, of the series where, you know, at the beginning things in King's landing seemed pretty good. And the fact that Jamie and, and Ned had that fight in the street was kind of amazing. But now that the, you know, the city has been sieged and there have been revolution or that this like religious revolution and, and, and all the craziness, it, it, everything seems to be getting more and more chaotic. And we're, I feel like it, the city could be tearing itself apart by the end of this season. And, you know, that could set the stage for some new ruler to come in next season to clean things up. Well, we do see a faction of soldiers. Uh-huh. Um, I keep referencing clips here. On one, at one nineteen in the trailer, there's a group of silver-plated soldiers that are that are stood at the bottom of the staircase leading up to yeah. the High Sparrow's temple. I mean. Do you think that could be Lannister forces, Tyrell forces? Could that be Tomlin's forces? I, I, what do you think is going on there? Because clearly, <laughs> you know, swords are drawn there. 
battle lines are drawn, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it would probably be Tomlin. It would be like him uniting the Lannisters and the um and the the Tyrell Tyrells. Tyrells, yeah. I hate it when I hate it when you just like blank on something you know. Like, yeah. It's like the, the um you know the guys those guys you no know, but no the the Lannisters and the Tyrells. I think he this could be him bringing them together to you know free Marjorie or or try and uh, fight back against uh, against uh, this uh, against this uh, the, you know this the sparrows. Um, what's more interesting is all the people that are watching. And you almost wonder, you know, one of the things that the High Sparrow was always saying is that, you know, the the poor outnumber the rich. If the poor ever do choose to rise up, they could overthrow the rich. And, you know, we see this situation where we have, you know, this army that represents the the, the, the king or, or represents the establishment. The, the establishment yeah, the royalty, uh, the monarchy, you know, that they, they, they represents all of that going up against this uh, religious order that, you know, for all of its extremist views, you know, it, it does do good for the poor. You know, we did see that early in the last season, you know, the high sparrow is trying to do good. It's just, he's a, you know, his, um, you know, he's just a bit of a religious extremist and, and kind of pushes, pushes his views a little too far. Um, so do you actually think he believes in what he's talking about or is this his own power play as well or perhaps there's a bit of both what what do you think because obviously he talks about overthrowing the empire mm -hmm. by doing that he's only going to increase his his own political position isn't he yeah i I don't know i i feel like he's somebody who definitely started out believing in what he was doing and i feel like maybe he as he you know, gained this popularity and this following, he sort of began to realize that they could overthrow. And I, I tend to believe that the high sparrow, he, he is, he is committed to his beliefs and that if he were to overthrow, I I do generally believe that he does believe in what he's doing and and what he's, I don't think he's just doing a political power play or anything. Mm. No, I think that's a, that's a very valid point. And, a lot of what we have seen of him, the reason why I asked that question is because I was just a little bit curious, really, because it does seem that every step he takes, he does seem to put himself in a better, uh, you know, a more powerful position mm-hmm. in the in the political hierarchy in King's Landing. King's Landing, there's no doubt about that. Um, but as you said, I think we have seen enough of him to know that he is sincere uh, with his commitment to his beliefs. But whether he'll stay that way, mm-hmm. whether he'll become corrupted by it, Remains to be seen. Um, but I think that's that's probably it for King's Landing. Should we yeah. should we head to the, not north north, but should we head <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh well, I mean we do see we get the one shot of uh, of Ramsay and, and Roose Bolton. The north where the Boltons are and Yeah. <laughs> Roos and Ramsay. Yeah. Um but yeah, what, what, what do you make of some of the scenes that we've seen here? Um, I think the first shot we see is of uh, Ramsay turning to face his father. It looks like his father's giving him some sort of disturbing news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe maybe he's learning that Sansa and Reek ran away. <laughs> that <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's going to be or, interesting. Or is there more to it? Is, is it that there's perhaps another, 
another invading party. That that's always possible too. It's interesting because one of the next shots we see is, you know, the the flayed man, an actual flayed man on fire, mm. as a as a an army approaches. Well, and, is that a symbol? Do you think that could be Stannis, or is that? Well, I think Stannis is done. I think he's. I think no, he, no, not the army. I meant oh, the his, man who's being flayed and burned. Oh, the oh wow. As almost a symbol of victory. Yeah, interesting. That's possible. I, although it was Brienne that killed him, so it's not. I guess. But Ramsey, they could find him. They could find him. That's true. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Although it did look like she was swinging to cut his head off. That's yeah. the only thing I perhaps <laughs> would say. But yeah. um, so, uh, yeah, okay, so do you think this could be more of a warning, at least, to this approaching army? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But who would that approaching army be? That's the question. Mm-hmm. All right, there's a couple of candidates here, Dominic. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some <laughs> at you and see see what you think. And this will kind of link onto a couple of later clips. So let's let's throw the first candidate in of who who we think it could be. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hit 42, uh, 42 seconds on the trailer. And this looks like the Greyjoys. It looks like we're gonna see some new Greyjoys as well. Yeah. Um, do you are you quite excited to see them return? Yeah. Other I- than Reek. And yeah. <laughs> do you think Reek's going to go back to the Greyjoys? Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that they're they're back. I mean, that's that's a storyline that really has kind of been dropped for the last few seasons. I mean, you know, Daylon Greyjoy was supposed to be one of the big, uh, the, one of the guys uh, fighting to be king in the War of the Five Kings. He was one of the five kings, and now his story kind of just kind of disappeared once, uh, once Theon became Reek. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm I'm glad that to to see them brought back and to see that what they could do and, and what they what impact they could have on on this story because they have kind of been absent for a while. They have, and I I think they will play an important part in this story mm-hmm. because you know you start looking at the north, it's not going to be as secure as one would would think. Yes, of course, we had Stannis attempt to take over King's Landing that ended in debacle as we've seen. Uh, and, and the Boltons came out on top, but you know there's a lot of forces up against them. And I'll tell you what, in the next shot, and I, I'm going to keep going with the Greyjoys here, because we see Sansa wearing a fur coat. Um, she certainly looks to be in a much better position than she was at the end of Season 5, that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Do you think this is her with the Greyjoys, possibly? If Obviously, she's with Reek at this point. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because there is a shot later in the trailer that does seem to show Littlefinger in the in the yes well that was the other person i was going to come on to in yeah in second yeah uh, it's, it's interesting i it's i don't know i don't know where the i i'm interested to see where the Greyjoys choose to invade where they choose to side with and and who their who their target is is their target going to be the lannisters are they going for the iron throne or are they going for a different sort of power player are they going for the north that that'll be interesting to see i, I tend to think I, I could definitely see them going that way. I think that could definitely happen. But I, I'm a little bit more inclined to think that maybe that shot of Sansa is when she's with, uh, with Littlefinger. Yeah. Well, there you go. That, that was the next candidate I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard it in, in episode six of season five: the battle-hardened, trained soldiers of the Eyrie. Uh... Did you think that they're going to be the, the people to attack? The Boltons. Do you think they will attack the Boltons first of all? I think that's the question to ask. I think they could, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not alone. Ooh, 
elaborate, please. I'm well, very I, curious. I think maybe I don't know if you were going to bring up a third option. Well, I hadn't yet had a third option in mind. Well, I'll, I, I, I want to hear it now. I'm intrigued. What if it's uh, John Snow slash John Stark slash John Targaryen leading an army of wildlings? Ooh, oh, the wildlings. Of wildlings or men of or what or what remaining uh uh men of the night's watch who are still loyal to him but why would he side with littlefinger well he's trying to reclaim winterfell Mm. to reclaim winterfell from the boltons to reclaim his his family home i could see little littlefinger bringing the knights of the eerie to fight alongside john stark and the wildlings and the whatever remaining men of the night's watch to, to uh, reclaim Winterfell from the Boltons and, you know, maybe, maybe install Sansa as a wardeness of the North. And then John would head back to the wall to deal with the even bigger issues. Why do you think that John would go South rather than North? Uh, because I think he, he knows what the, uh, who the Boltons are. I mean, he knows how horrible they are, and I think if he knew that that Sansa was there, he would he would not want her to be around. That I think you know. I'm, I'm playing the utmost devil. Oh no, yeah. actually, he is aware. Is he aware of Sansa? I don't know if he's aware. Of, I don't know if he's aware of Sansa, but he knows. But Littlefinger, <sighs> I guess, if he got in contact, could say. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm I wouldn't be surprised if we get a scene between John Littlefinger and Sansa at some point before the season is over. Mm, interesting uh-huh. um and then i guess as well so the wildlings you, so you believe that they will be led by john snow because we see the wildlings in this trailer and they seem to be up against uh i'm, I'm going to 114 of the trailer here uh against shields that have fl- a flayed man on it so i guess we can assume that that's the boltons uh-huh. um uh-huh. so this so would you say to kind of set a bit of context to, to people uh who, who are just watching this for the first time i guess um the wildlings, of course, have gone south. John has let them pass through the wall. These are the wildlings that were at Hardhome and uh, had to bear witness to the massacre of their people by the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've now crossed the wall. Yeah, going south. Is this? Could this? Could this be the the thing that I'm, I'm speculating? You know, Roose Bolton might just be talking to Ramsay about Sansa and Reek, but I, I, I like to speculate. So mm-hmm. let's say, for example, he was talking about some enemy. Do you think they may well say? The wildlings have decided to move south. Well, I think you know the the wildlings are going to move south, and one of the things they were promised when they were promised passage through um, was you know in return for fighting against the army of the dead when the time comes, mm-hmm. uh, they would get you know land to farm on, they would get a place to live, and with Roose Bolton being warden of the north, he's probably he's probably not going to give them that. He's probably yeah. not going to want to give them that. So yeah, maybe he is going to send them back. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, <laughs> he's going to send them back, and then he's going to make them make, build the wall even bigger, and then make them pay for it too. It's it's just awful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe Donald. not that far. Oh, but I know what you right. mean. I, yeah. Well, clearly there's going to be a confrontation yeah. here. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious to kind of try and put a narrative to this time try and well, put yeah. this and, into and then, some sort of time frame yo, because then, there seems to be a lot going on here with mm-hmm. boltons uh greyjoys and then obviously the scene with littlefinger i'm trying to just almost mesh it together 
Well, yeah, and the the reason that they would fight to take this land is that you know if they would fight to if they would fight to to liberate Winterfell from the Boltons, and then they can reinstate, you know, they reinstate Sansa as as Wardeness of the North. Then she would honor Jon's promise to these people to give them land, and she would they would be under her protection, and she would be in charge of Winterfell. And so that's why they would that's why they would fight with him. That's why he would want to do this invasion because you know, he's not going to get he knows that Roose Bolton is uh not trustworthy. He knows that you know he will uh pretend to be on your side and then uh drive a knife through you at a wedding. You know, he he knows everything that that Roos, he knows how terrible Roose Bolton is. And, you know, he didn't even want to send Roose Bolton the letter asking to send men to the Night's Watch. You know, and when Sam, Sam tried to almost like s- sneak the letter in. And then when John saw who it was, he's like, nope, not sending one to him. We're not, no, not him, anyone else but him sort of thing. And then, of course, he, you know, Sam talks sense into him. But, you know, I think he's aware of, you know, the fact that he's not going to be able to get, you know, Roose Bolton is not someone he can trust. And even if he were to say... Um, yeah, sure. They can have that land over there. Well, maybe Ramsay sneaks in in the middle of the night and blows stuff up again, or or flays a bunch of them. You know, it's not it's not a good situation. And so, you know, John with Littlefinger and Sansa could organize some kind of invasion to uh, liberate Winterfell and uh, give the Wildlings what they were promised. Okay, I've got. I mean, I've got two questions to ask you before we go on to Daenerys next. Um, First one, do you think the Boltons are finally going to get what's coming to them this season? God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after, I seen, after I mean, last to be fair, season. Whatever happens, they have emerged victorious. They're in a very strong position. Their cavalry is all you know, with them at Winterfell. I guess the only thing you could say is perhaps they're going to be a little bit overstretched. But they're, they're in a, still a very strong position, aren't they? They're not going to be any pushovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We saw that with Stannis. Obviously, his forces were depleted, but... Mm-hmm. His forces were depleted, and a bunch of them had ditched him because you know he burned his daughter alive and all that. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I do think that. Um, yeah, I think I think I think they're going to get what's coming to them this season, especially after especially after last season. I mean, they were, you know, they were you know Theon was was awful to or um, Ramsay was awful to Theon, Bruce Bolton, you know, red wedding Rob Stark, and then. Uh, Ramsay with Sansa last season. I mean, they they are due for some comeuppance, and uh, I, I think uh, I think Jon Snow and the army of wildlings are the people to uh, to 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 strike that blow. To strike that blow, yeah. And then the the final question: um, What is Lord Baelish's ploy here? If he's getting involved, and obviously I do like your theory of, of him aligning with Jon, but how is he going to swoon this all over? Um, and make him Littlefinger in a very powerful position, but not perceived to be in a very powerful position by those around him. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, he he is still the wild card. He always has been, always will be. Um, and to to leave him, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. You know, it's it's. Uh, I mean, we don't know. I guess we could just speculate. Mm-hmm. It's it's a difficult. One. I know what you mean yeah. because he is a very unpredictable character his motives are very unpredictable mm-hmm. I, I i could see him you know what's his 
the one time where I think you can kind of understand his motives are are with Sansa. Mm. And maybe, you know, after the hell he put her through with Ramsay, he might feel he owes her he owes her this. Well, I mean, Lord Baelish wants to become Warden of the North. Mm. That much that, that much was made clear at, um, when he when he talked to a Cersei. Obviously, that was I think him just. Having a contingency in place in case things didn't quite go how they should do, you know, make sure everyone around the realm is happy with Lord Baelish being warden of the north. He's doing a good thing. He's doing uh, a service to, to the people of Westeros. Yep. But it's just how is he going to spoon with that? I mean, if he does install Sansa, could you see him attempting to wed her? Um, That's definitely possible. That's definitely possible. I... I, I you know, I, I suspect that maybe Sansa will uh, turn the tables on him where she will, you know, she'll promise him something and then maybe kill him. Ooh. You know? I know, that's been your theory for a while is that Sansa is going to be the one to to end Lord Baelish yeah. and his ambitions. I think so. I mean, she, you know, after everything... You know, he, he has, you know, for as much as I, I do genuinely believe he cares for her and he may even in, in a very, very weird way be in love with her. It's very, um, it's kind of reminiscent of the uh, Hitchcock movie Vertigo with the way he, you know, he loved Catelyn and now he loves her. It's it's very, it's it's creepy. It, it, it is creepy. There's no other way to put it. But I don't know if she loves him back and I don't think she necessarily trusts him Uh Long term, she may trust him in the moment, but I don't know if she trusts him long term. And and maybe she would betray him and and take that power for herself and and kind of become. I mean, they they seem to be setting her up last season to become kind of a little finger light. You know, like she was going to be the next little finger, and then you know that season went the way it did, and and I think that may have uh, played a part, a small part in in some of the reaction to that to to what happened last season. Um, obviously there were lots and lots of legitimate complaints outside of that. Um, but that, that did seem like maybe just because it was such a severe right turn for where it seemed that she was going and, you know, maybe to put her back on that path and, and, you know, you know, Littlefinger is responsible for a great deal of pain in her life. He really, really is. You know, he, he betrayed her father, which just put her in the worst possible position with, uh, with Joffrey and, and, and all that. And then, then, you know, then he put her in the position with Ramsay. Like, she, he really is not, you know, for as much as he professes to care for her, he, she, he has really not done much for her. It's been, uh, it's been bad. So I could see her wanting to, uh, to end him. Well, she has actually got something on, um, on Littlefinger. Although I guess it depends on, on whether oh, yeah. I believe her or not. But, you know, she knows that Littlefinger orchestrated the death of, of King Joffrey. Now, obviously, in the north, that probably won't have as much resonance. But you, you know that she she is starting to, you know, just take in a few things. She obviously knows that Littlefinger killed Lysa Arryn. I mean, there's a lot that she could put on Littlefinger. Obviously, she has kept him alive because she needs him still. But when she gets to that power play or she gets to that top position, uh, you know, if Littlefinger tries to. You know, weem his way in and try and boss her around. I, you know, she could easily turn around, like you say, Dominic, and 
you know, stab a knife in his back instead. Yeah. I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Shall we move on now to uh, what's going on in Marine and, and across the narrow sea, shall we? Sure. Yeah. Well, should, we- should, we, should we start off with. Um, What's going on with Daenerys yeah. at the moment? Yeah, back with the back with the Dothraki. Yeah, and we see uh, Jorah, um, and oh my goodness me, his companion has escaped me now. Dario, Dario, that's it, Dario, and they and they go to the place where we last see Daenerys in season five, mm-hmm. and uh, Jorah's obviously found that ring. Yeah, um, yeah. What, what do you? How do you think that's going to work out? The interaction between Jorah and uh, and Davo. How, that, Dario, I, I think that's going to be kind of fun. I think there's going to be lots of good, uh, good banter between the two. Uh, you know, they're very different personalities, so I think I think we could uh, we could enjoy some some fun stuff between them. Uh, I, I'm more interested in in how the you know how this return to her Dothraki roots is going to affect Danny. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was you know when she was with Khal Drogo, there was really you know she was really pushing to you know, cross the, cross the narrow sea and invade Westeros. And then, you know, as, as she, after Drogo died and she moved on to other things, her, her goal seemed to shift and, and she was, became more focused on Marine. And I mean, Tyrion even said to her last season, like, why don't you just stay here and, and focus on Marine? And, you know, she was trying these, uh, you know, some, some different tactics last season. And, and there's one scene that still stands out to me when, she has um, Dario kill that uh, former slave who was on her mm-hmm. council. And, you know, there's that, there's the Ned Stark line, right? You know, the man who passes the sentence should be the one to swing the sword. Well, she doesn't swing the sword. She can't even look at it. And so maybe she needs to reconnect with her Dothraki roots to, I don't think she's ever going to be as cruel as, as the Dothraki, but maybe to um, regain some of her strength. You know, she she does she is very much a, a strong a, a strong leader. But she, last season she seemed to be um, the pressure. I think was getting to her, and I think maybe she needs a a a, a little boost in uh, in confidence, and maybe some uh, getting in touch with some of her her old Dothraki ways will do that for her. Yeah, exactly. And there's this nice shot of the of her walking with what looks to be uh, a number of Dovraki slaves. And I've paused at the uh, 37 seconds on this trailer. There seems to be a lot of people here. I mean, this, this is the largest in terms of like in a single shot, yeah, the Dothraki seems to have either expanded a lot or that this, this particular clan seems to be particularly large or uh, perhaps it is just maybe you know, it's the special a, effects, etc. got a lot better. Yeah. But you know, she, <laughs> well, she, she's it. in the midst of something. Something big is going on here, Dominic, isn't it? They seem to be on the move somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely feels like this is uh, setting up for a um, some kind of uh, uh, like a, like it's almost like a, a meeting of all the of all the Dothraki. Like it's it's something something. You're right. It feels like something big is happening, and it's not just she hasn't just run into one. Uh, one clan she's uh she's just happened to to come across them at a time when things are going to things are going to get kind of crazy get chaotic yeah it is going to be it's going to be pretty mad uh, we look forward to kind of seeing where her story goes um and another person in this trailer who we only see one shot of surprisingly 
Tyrion Lannister and yeah. uh, and and his escapades with uh, with of course Varys who has returned. Oh. How, how do you think he, he's going to be able to manage Marie next season? It's it's going to be a tough task, and uh, I mean those, those sons of Harpy have been a a fawn in their side for a long time. And all of a sudden, Tyrion now has got to manage this whole mess. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, one of my favorite uh, favorite aspects of season two was seeing Tyrion and Varys running King's Landing. I thought that was just a, a really um, fun dynamic. That, you know, I mean, you know, obviously Joffrey was the one who was really in charge and, and, and Cersei. But, you know, Tyrion and, and Varys were the ones really running things behind the scenes. And and so I, I'm looking forward to seeing some more of that. You know, that's a dynamic I always really enjoyed. And, you know, last season when they got separated uh, on the road to Marine, I was like, oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Stay together, stick together. That was, that was going so well. And, you know, I mean, Conleth Hill and um, Peter Dinklage are, are just both, they're, they're both so funny, yet they're both so capable of doing really serious scenes that uh, I, I'm, I'm really, I hope we get lots more of that. And, and, um, I think Entertainment Weekly had some pictures from this season, and we did see the two of them going about uh, and and visiting with some of the poorer people in Marine. So I, I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to more of this. Yeah, there's it's going to be uh, an extremely interesting dynamic, and I love the Varys and uh, Tyrion dynamic. By the way, I've I've loved it since season two, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and we got to see a bit of it at the beginning of season five, and then it's sort of you know, collapsed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, Tyrion got kidnapped by Jorah. But as you say, that they have got a lot of work cut out for them, but they're probably the two people that you'd really want on a job at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tyrion's had to manage King's Landing for goodness sake, and he did it very well. Um, you know, he, he sadly got betrayed though by his own king. But fortunately, <laughs> he is his own master in this one. He truly is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, no, no one's above him now. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, maybe in terms of height, but yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! A low blow, a low blow, a low blow, a low blow. Really? <laughs> oh, I'm really... <laughs> that one was not even on purpose, but there you go. <laughs> a low blow. Oh my goodness! <laughs> right. Um, the next one I think we should probably go to is uh, is Aria. Um, we see we see Arya for a bit in this trailer, and then after that, as what we think could be a flashback scene, but I, I want to come back to that a little bit later. Yes, of course. Um, but Arya, what? You know, last time we saw her, obviously she was um, she was in big trouble, really, wasn't she? Yeah, with, yeah, she uh, was blind. Um, with, with, <laughs> yeah, she she had she had not been great. She'd uh, obviously in, enacted revenge uh, against that her. her just of that vile night, really. Yeah. Um, again, his name Marin, escapes me. Marin Trent. Pro- that's it. Marin Trent. Too uh, so that's a that's a name off of Arya's list. Yep. But um, that has not gone down. That has not gone down well, has it? No. Um, and so, what do you think is gonna? What, what's this going to mean for Arya? At least in the in the near future, do you think she's gonna get her eyesight back? And and how's that gonna change the way? Uh, her character progresses forward. Yeah, I, I do expect she'll get her eyesight back. I, I, I feel like this is a, a temporary punishment for her. And I think as soon as she figures out how to get her eyesight back, or maybe even before that, 
uh, she's out of there. She's not sticking around with the, um, with the faceless men for, uh, much longer. I don't think, uh, I, you know, I think she, she learned, she definitely learned something from them. You know, she was able to impersonate, you know, she was able to become someone else for a little while. Um, she wasn't ready to become nobody as, um, as was pointed out last season, but she was able to become someone else. And I feel like, you know, that's a skill that had she not become distracted by, by the arrival of Maritran, she probably would have succeeded in the mission to kill the, um, to kill the thin man. Um, and and that sort of thing. But uh, by that same, uh, by that same token, I, I, I do think that's a skill she could, uh, she could apply, uh, somewhere else outside of, uh, outside of just the faceless men and and perhaps you know with uh if if john and and sansa do re reclaim winterfell perhaps there's a destination for her perhaps there's somewhere for for her to uh to head for and then you know maybe she can you know maybe maybe john would let her join the night's watch or something you know change shake things up a little bit yeah i i want to see her do something next season now she she's she's been accompanying a lot of people mm-hmm. um you know you think about when she was the the kind of war to tywin lannister uh when in in season four she was with the hound you know she was there but she always seemed to be a companion of sorts or the junior partner even though we were invested in her character mm-hmm. i really want to see her uh progress and advance but i do quite like the fact that she has become blind now because it does mean that her character's not going to progress too quickly in the uh, in the assassin way. This is a massive obstacle. How's Arya going to overcome it? And if she does overcome it, then I think that speaks volumes to where her character's going to go in the future. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, this is definitely something she uh, she needs to overcome. It's a it's an important. Uh, I think it's an important uh, uh, part of her journey. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's that's probably that for what's going on across the narrow sea. Shall we play the Liam Cunningham clip? As I think it's probably best that we go to the wall before we end with the brand stuff. I think that's probably the the bit we we want to we'd we like to finish on. Unless you want to yeah. talk about the brand stuff now. No, no. I think that's a good place. That'll be a good place to uh, to end things. I, I, I yeah. Let's let's do the the clip that Liam Cunningham played on uh on conan let's take a listen we're just going to play the clip we're not going to play the whole uh the whole interview which is still which is hilarious and worth checking out but we're just going to go with the clip here i've never been much of a fighter apologies for what you're about to see I'm in too. I'm in too, Conan. 
<laughs> yeah, that was a that was a pretty uh, that's a, quite the clip. That's quite the clip. I yeah, it, it's interesting because in the in the trailer itself, when you see that scene, I almost thought like he was going to have to fight off the men in that room. Like yes, and, and then to see that no, those are those are the the Jon Snow loyalists. Uh, you know, in, in a way, like it, it's interesting that that this. Uh, the death of Jon Snow really has divided the Night's Watch. There are those that are still loyal, like Ed and others. <laughs> I think most of Jon's friends are dead or gone in the term in the case of Sam. Sam, uh, but uh, but yeah, but then um, there's Sir Alistair and and Ollie. Fucking Ollie, man, that kid, man, he just. Uh, <laughs> you are not a fan of his. I mean, I don't think many people. Yeah, are, it's hard to be to, honest. It's hard to be a fan of Ollie. It's hard to. Uh, to like that character um but mm. yeah it's it's interesting to see that they're going to uh, there's going to be this fight amongst them over what to do with his body basically because i mean the first thing we see in that first trailer is his body just like left there on the snow and so obviously at some point it was retrieved by you know those those that still uh, are lo- remain loyal to him and it's placed on this table and then later in the trailer we do see um you know somebody placing their hand on his face, maybe, uh, maybe Melisandre, kind of. Mm. Yeah, what's what do you think her role is going to be in all of this? Because we we saw a little bit of her in a trailer, and and she seems to become disillusioned with her former beliefs now. Yeah, uh, you know everything that she believed in with the Lord of Light, she she proclaims as a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems that if they if the one time that they probably actually need Melisandre, she didn't seem willing, does she, Dominic? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, she says, you know, the great victory I saw in the flames, it was a lie. You know, she is obviously having a crisis of faith. Like, she's not, uh, she probably doesn't believe in, uh, or, or at the at the beginning of the show, or at the beginning of the season, she's going to be having, having difficulties, and maybe as some kind of uh, penance for having killed, uh, or for having, you know, yeah, for having killed or, or uh, Shireen, she will bring back John because, you know, it, it's a, it's no coincidence that she showed up right back at the wall right before he was killed, and we know we saw with uh, Thoros of Mir that 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 uh, that is possible, that it is mm. possible to use that magic to bring someone back from the dead. Now, obviously, they they do lose a little something every time they come back. But it is possible, and, and Jon Snow is somebody who they they probably need right now. They probably need him uh, really what, Why do they need him, though, Dominic? I mean, I'm interested because Sadabas has obviously come back. I guess he wants to you know, get the supplies, etc. That's why he went there in the first place. But Stannis is gone now. His, his forces have been defeated. You know, I, I guess, will Sadavos face a bit of crisis in not terms of faith, but in, in terms of which side he should go on or what he should now do in the future because uh for all intents and purposes the Baratheons apart from Tomlin on the throne are gone mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean he he you know Stannis last season took a liking of John even though you know it's hard to tell with Stannis but he did like he did like John he respected John and so I think uh Davos would carry that uh respect that Stannis had forward and I think he recognized that Jon Snow was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to, you know, uh, trying to to push forward. And and Davos is a very loyal man. You know, he was loyal to Stannis 
all the way through. And so, you know, the idea of somebody being betrayed the way John was would probably not sit well with him. Yeah, it's the way that John has been killed in this is very, very, it's malign. It's, it's, it's just a bit immoral and, and, it's not going to sit well with someone who is as principled as the Davos, you would imagine. Yeah. Um, I, so you can see why he would, he would side with John. Um, but I, 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 the reason why I wanted to get the, the clip played there is that I think it, it does give a bit more context to this trailer in a good way because we know there's going to be that conflict of interests. And I guess it does make sense, doesn't it? It's not going to be... Uh, we never really saw a unanimous... Night's Watch against John. John mm-hmm. had his loyalists and his friends. His, well, his yeah, they were, they were split 50-50 on who they wanted to vote for, pretty much. Mm. You know, it was... Exactly. It was um, Maester Eamon's vote that, that pushed John over the edge. Well, obviously, he's gone now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, you, you fear a little bit, I have to say, for what is going on up, up, at, uh, up at the wall, really. It's... The, the turmoil there, infighting at a time when they really need to unite, is it's interesting for us, <laughs> but it's probably bad news for. Uh, well, I think uh, that's something. People. I think that's something that that Davos could recognize that you know that this is not the this is the time when they need a leader to uh, rally behind. They need someone who is going to unite them, and I think he recognizes that John has that potential. He has that uh, capability. So do you think that means Alistair Fawn is gonna he's gonna be cut off at the end of this season? Because he's still he he's still around yeah. somehow. I mean, obviously we've seen his he is a he's a good fighter, um, and, he, and he seems to be a, a, an inspirer mm-hmm. in some in some ways. But uh, you know, if John does come back, which it seems he will do, he can't have Alistair Fawn hanging around there any longer. Not after this. Yeah. Whatever happens, I think Fawn is gone. He's been a Fawn in his side for too long. <laughs> um, I, have you got any more to say about the wall, or do you think we should move on? No, I, I just also want to bring up that, you know, in terms of John coming back, you know, a lot of people have pointed out that there is that shot of a battle. And if you look carefully in the middle, there does seem to be someone. Now, they are blurry and kind of far away. That does look, but they do look like John, John back alive. Just wanted to, just wanted to mention that. Just wanted to mention that. And then uh, I almost forgot there was that Melisandre scene, which I think probably cemented this trailer being called a red band one when uh, <laughs> she was about to remove uh, her an item of clothing. Let's, let's put it that way. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's good to see that HBO has still got uh, still got that side of Game of Thrones to, to oh, yeah. contend with. Um, <laughs> you know what? I forgot. There's one more scene that we didn't talk about before, Bran. And that is the what is re- reported to be a flashback scene. Yeah, um, well, I think I think this may have something to do with Bran. Yeah. Okay. So, well, there we go. It's a good time to it talk all, about it then. So, it's all connected. Um, we're, we're on the minute part, I believe, of the trailer where we see these people in action. Um, I don't really know too much about the speculation, Dominic, but I'm going to throw it in your direction either way, whether you know it or not. Yeah. What What, what do you know about? the whole idea or the speculation surrounding this particular scene. Well, um, and uh, why do you think 
or do you think this is feasible? And if it is feasible, why now? What's the purpose of this so-called flashback scene? So we we know that we know that um, Bran has has gets visions through the through the weirwood through this uh, this connection, and now that he's going to be trained by or has spent a lot of time training by the with the the three eyed raven uh, played this season by Max von Sydow. Um, you know, from uh, from from Star Wars: The Force Awakens, <laughs> trained by Lor Santeca, um, and now that he's having these visions, and and you know, the thing we'll get to at the end, the 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 big surprise, uh, I I think is, is a vision. I'll just say that now, um, but you know, he might have this flashback to Ned Stark at the Tower of Joy going in to rescue or as he thinks rescue Lyanna from Lyanna Stark from Rhaegar Targaryen only to find that she in fact was not kidnapped by Rhaegar, but she ran off and married him and that she's mm-hmm. having his baby John. And so what we're seeing there is, is Ned trying to get into the tower of joy, which he will, he will get up there and he will see Lyanna dying in childbirth and he will take John and, you know, to hide him from Robert, who, you know, as we know, likes to kill Targaryen children. Uh, he will raise him as his bastard, Jon Snow. Mm, and so that that's, that's uh, I think that's generally um, what is expected that these scenes are. And whether Bran is having that vision or whether that's a shared vision between Bran and Jon uh, is unclear. How, you know, the the big question is how, would John, you know, who would actually believe John if he came back and said, yeah, I'm actually the son of a Stark and a Targaryen. I'm mm. not Jon Snow. I'm Jon Targaryen or Jon Stark or something like that. Who would actually believe him? I mean, that's well, the question. Well, he's evidence, doesn't he? Yeah, because he is, he has the, he is the one who, uh, who has the, um, you know, he would have a claim to the throne if that's the case. And so if he were to come back, you know, so if he were to find that evidence, or if he were to have this vision, then he would know the truth and he would know what his destiny is, but it would still, he would still need some, some form of other evidence. Now, apparently there was somebody else at the tower of joy. And that was the, um, the father of Jojen and Mira Reed, who is apparently still alive. And so if John or Bran or the two of them together could figure out this truth, Maybe once they have Winterfell secure, they could go to Howland Reed, that's his name, Howland Reed, and ask for some evidence. And maybe he would have that evidence, the evidence that is needed. Because I don't think like DNA testing is really a thing in, in Westeros just yet. They can't really go on on Mari or something and, and you know find out who John's real parents are. So uh, you know, and and I don't think Jon Snow's not the kind of guy I think who would actually want the throne. He may he may partner with somebody like Daenerys and fight to win that throne, knowing, you know, knowing his true parentage, knowing what his destiny may be. He may partner with someone like Daenerys, but I, I fully expect if, even if he, ex- if he embraces an identity like Jon Snow or, or, or so like a Jon Stark or Jon Targaryen, he would at the end of all of this head back to the wall and be, uh, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch again, and that would be his his uh, final position. 
that's that's where I I see John Snow ending. John Snow's story ending is you know he will he will be involved in a big way in however this whole story ends. Uh, I still think you know we're going to see that you know the younger generations coming together to fix the the flaws that, that their parents and the previous generations had, uh, and that they will they will solve whatever crises exist in Westeros and. Uh, beyond the wall with the wildlings and, and the white walkers and all that. And then once all that is settled, John will head back to the wall and he will turn the night's watch back into the respectable order that it once was. And, and, and that's where his story will end. But uh, I, I do think that we are going to find out the truth about Jon Snow this season in the form of these flashbacks. And I think the answer is R plus L equals J as mo- as yeah. do, as do most fans at this point, I think. Well, that's, that's definitely the the hypothesis, and it's got a le- lo- lot of legs to it. Uh, I, do you think this scene with the the flashbacks is going to kick off the season a bit like uh, a flashback scene kicked off season five when we went to uh, when we had a look at Cersei's roots? That would be that could be an interesting way to start, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, that would be really cool to you know make this big reveal about John in the first episode to to begin the season that way. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then it you make would, a lot of sense, really, yeah, if and you th- consider how we ended season five. And then that would give us sort of a, a another reason for him to be brought back as as audience members for for us to want him to be brought back, other than just oh, we like the character and we think he would be good in the rest of the story. All of a sudden, if they give us that reason uh, through the form of you know his true parentage, then all of a sudden we know why it is truly such a travesty that he was killed off the way he was, and what and that you know his. He still has a role to play in this, and and they, I think that would actually set the stage quite nicely for him to be brought back in 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 one way or another. Yeah, I think it's exciting indeed, and and that perhaps could be a nice way to reintroduce Bran, who obviously we haven't seen for an entire season. Yeah, um, he's grown up a lot. <laughs> he has. I think so they they finally they finally given up on trying to make Isaac Hempstead Wright look like he's twelve. <laughs> you know, they're like, fine, you're you're eighteen now. It's it's okay, go for it. Or however old he is, you know, he doesn't. You know, like even even when we last saw him, that he still had that really long hair, and they were still trying to make him look like he was little. Um, but now this season, they seem to have embraced the fact that he is a full grown, you know, a full a full teenager at the very least, if not an an adult. How old is that kid, anyways? Not sure. I say kid. He's probably like my. He's probably like yeah. the same age as. I would imagine he's a lot older than we think he is. Yeah. But I think it's you can get away with it in the sense that we haven't seen him a whole season, so we don't actually know how long it's been mm-hmm. in terms of time scale. Maybe they just become older in the north. Uh, yeah, no, I yeah, kid exactly. obviously. <laughs> um, but I I don't actually know how old he is. Um, we'll have, can have a little snoop around whilst um whilst I ask uh, the next question, because I think this is the big jaw-dropping moment of this trailer, from my perspective. I think there are still a lot of good moments in this trailer, but it was the ending that really made my heart pump and think, oh my goodness. So we see Bran uh, in in the very much snowy environment of, of, uh, you know, beyond the wall, the north beyond the wall. Um, But we also see White Walkers. Um... What do you make of this scene with him uh, turning his head and kind of looking in shock at the fact that he sees a White Walker? Is this another vision? Um, is this a dream? Is this real? Um, 
what did you make of this whole ending scene? Yeah, of the trailer. I, I you know, I, I really, I, I feel like this is how we're going to find out some something about the Knights King and find out what he is actually after. And and I feel like we're going to find out that what he is after is a lot more nuanced than we originally. You know, I don't think that he's going to be revealed just to be a an ultimate uh, bad guy who wants to do evil things for evil reasons. I, I think we're going to find out he's a lot more nuanced. And I think this is, I do think this is a vision that Bran is having mm-hmm. and that it is through this vision that we will uh, learn some truths about uh, the Night's King and, and what to expect from him when he, uh, you know, when we get that ultimate showdown, probably not this season. I, I, I almost, the way I look at this is if season seven is the final season and any, there's no guarantee that it is. They may go another, another season or even a season or two. Uh, but I kind of look at this as like the way I look at like the Harry Potter books uh, where like last season hard home was like the, the showdown at the ministry for the ministry for magic in, uh, in order, of the, order Phoenix. Of the Phoenix. Yeah. And then we're not going to see, uh, you know, Harry and Dumb- Harry and um, Voldemort don't meet in the half blood prince. And so I don't think John and the Knights King will meet in this season and when they meet again it will be in in the final the seventh and final <laughs> installment and, and it, that will be sort of the final showdown now i i don't i i expect it, it would probably be a little bit more nuanced than um then you know I, there's there's some nuance to harry versus voldemort but uh, i i do think this would be a, a I, I do think george rr R. martin is building up to something a little bit more nuanced than uh you know just a straight up good versus evil showdown yeah and so what role do you think Bran's going to play in all of this then? Do you think he could be ha- leading the front lines in season six if, if John is busy doing whatever else he is, if, if, if what we speculate is true, um, you know, of him possibly, of John possibly going to Winterfell? Do you think Bran's going to be leading the front lines in the north against the White Walkers? Or do you think that he's just going to be learning and training? I think we're going to see him learning and training. And at some point... Uh, either halfway through or later in the season, he will begin to head south. He mm. will begin to, he will, you know, want to go reunite with John. Uh, maybe, maybe when he learns the truth about Jon Snow, he'll, uh, he'll want to head, head south. And I, I could see a situation where we wind up seeing the remaining Stark kids all reunited at a, um, at Winterfell, you know, if not, if not this season, then early next season. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that is a very big possibility. Um, you know, Arya and obviously Bran are, are the ones that are furthest away from all of this. But yeah. and we still don't know where Rickon is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's he disappeared off the face of Westeros. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it remains to be seen what his, you know, where whether his character will even come back. To be honest, <laughs> and whether we'll even recognize him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's. Um, I think that's a good level of speculation. Yeah, I, I don't really have too much more, I guess, to add to the brand scene or the or the rest of the trailer. Uh, do do you, Dominic? No, I I think uh, I think that's it. I think uh, I think we should we give our, our final thoughts final almost thoughts, on this trailer. Final thoughts. I'm not saying we have to give it a rating out of ten. <laughs> but. It's a it's a solid uh, it's a solid eight out of ten trailer. I mean, no, it's it's a very very good trailer, and I think it sets the stage for a lot of. Uh, a lot of really interesting things and you know the the story seems to be building quite nicely and and 
uh, I feel like we're we're still we still may be in the process of after the way season four ended. I feel like we may mm. still be in the process of, of still laying the groundwork for the next big, uh, the next big thing to happen, the next big showdown to happen. Uh, just you know the way season three and season four ended with um, the death of uh, of, of Rob Stark in, in season three and then Tywin Lannister in season four. I think that really shook up the landscape and and we still don't know the full ramifications of their death, what their deaths means. It, but in particular, Tywin's death. I still don't know. We we fully understand just how impactful he was. And I think that's something that we began to explore last season. Kind of wish they had done a little bit more of that and a little bit less of, uh, of, uh, sand snakes fighting in the, in the, uh, you know, over, with, with all in that the, stuff in the gardens. In the gardens. Yeah. Um, but by that same token, your favorite episode. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, uh, yeah, they, they do so much great choreography on that show. I guess they just, you know, they're allowed, they're allowed one, uh, one misstep or, or two, you know, uh, but it, it is kind of uh, a situation where I still almost in a weird sort of way feel like we are kind of still witnessing the calm before the storm. Like, you know, there was a big storm that kind of, you know, from season one to season four that really shook things up. I really, I would say season two to season four that really changed the landscape. And now we're kind of dealing with the aftermath of it and the setup for season uh season seven almost it's almost like it, this is almost the time between world war one and world war two you know in a, in a sort of way where it, you know it, it seemed for a while like peace might be uh possible but but things are are being shaken up with the with extremists and uh you know old uh, and, and bad blood being brought back to the surface so i, I i'm really looking forward to this season uh, I, i'm looking forward to seeing how they uh how they continue a lot of these storylines especially now that they're not uh they're not following, uh, you know, I think they're still following the same story that the books will follow roughly, but now that they're not, um, you know, they don't have that source material to work from. It will be very interesting to see how they handle these characters. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, how about you? Final thoughts on the trailer? Final thoughts. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of divert it differently. And, and this means I get to throw back this question to you as well. <laughs> but I, I'm going to tell you what I think, uh, I, what I'm most looking forward to. Uh, for next season based based on this trailer and for me i'm i'm really looking forward to the uh the fallout in the north um yeah you know, it's it's been building we've obviously seen stannis being defeated but you know we've got the boltons uh we've got the eerie the knights of the eerie uh, under littlefinger we, it seems like, it seems like we've got the return of the greyjoys mm-hmm. um, and the wildlings there's a lot of ambiguity surrounding it and a lot of possibilities as to where that could go. But um, I'm really excited to find out what takes place in North. I'm excited by all of the stories, but for me, uh, particularly with, with events involving Littlefinger, I really want to see what him, his next ploy is after you know we last saw him, obviously, in King's Landing talking with Olena. So I'll throw that question to you, Dominic. What are you most looking forward to based on this trailer? Like a particular storyline you're looking forward to I, next I, season? I'm looking forward to, I mean, I'm looking forward to it all, obviously. <laughs> um, but if I had to pick a specific one, I'm, I'm looking forward to the to the flashback with, with Ned. I'm looking forward to seeing a mm. young Ned Stark and, and seeing uh, what that's all about and, and hopefully getting that answer that's been a, a, a mystery for uh 
Well, for book readers since the '90s, uh, for for us, for just a couple of couple of years, but you know, it, it's still a big mystery, and I'm I'm intrigued to see uh, if people were able to guess it and how it plays out, and 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 what impact it's actually going to have. Because you know, I think you know, e- even if people have figured out the the R plus L equals J, it, it you know what that actually means for the characters is still a mystery, and so you know, maybe maybe the reveal itself is not as uh, as epic a twist as as George R R Martin had had hoped when he originally laid that groundwork when he was writing those books and he expected to be done a lot sooner than now obviously um and uh, but it, i i still think that it it's still a, it's a good twist and um its impact has yet to fully be felt yeah it's it's going to be exciting i I'm, Although we haven't seen much in this season, from my perspective, I it's it's one of the seasons I'm really looking forward to because we don't know what's going to happen. We haven't got the fear of spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. All of this is new content to to pretty much everyone around the world. So it's exciting times April, to be a Game of Thrones fan, and it's only two weeks away. April twenty fourth. Cannot get here soon enough. Now we want to do one more thing before we go, and we started doing this. Uh, at the end of last season and, and we're going to try and keep going with it, uh, which is our, our quiz show, our game of Thrones quiz show. Now it's not quiz show in the sense of it's trivia, but we take these, uh, those online quizzes, you know, uh, that, that tell you who you would be or where you would live or whatever in, in the game of Thrones universe. And we, we find out the answers for ourselves. And hopefully this, uh, lets you as a listener know more about us as, uh, as hosts, how our brain, brains work and, and all that uh so we're going to do we're just going to do one this week and this is a, a quiz from buzzfeed it's called um these would you rather questions will reveal will reveal which game of thrones character you are and so we're going to fill this out and we'll put the link to this in the show notes if you want to play along uh but let's uh let's do this let's do this are you ready kieran I'm ready. Let's do. I'm looking forward to this. Yes, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna find out. It's gonna be interesting. So, question. So we're we gonna do one question each. I'm assuming. Yeah, we'll, we'll do. We'll do. Well, why don't? Yeah, we'll we'll each answer the question, but we'll go back and forth on on who uh, reads them and stuff. So I'll Sounds read. I'll read me. the first question. You answer first, then I'll answer, and then you read the second question, and so on like that. Sounds good to me. Let's kick it. Kick it off. All right. So here we go. Question one. Would you rather be forced to marry Ramsay Bolton or lose your eyesight? That's a tough one, isn't it? That is a tough one. I mean, I'm going to have to go with lose my eyesight. Mm. Um, and, and I'll explain why. Because, yes, losing your eyesight is absolutely terrible. But I, after seeing what Ramsay Bolton has done to certain other people, I... Would I, I fear what would happen to other senses as well? Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I would, uh, I, I'd rather just take the eyesight and then yeah. <laughs> rather than gamble with Ramsey and then possibly lose fingers and other sorts of limbs. That's that's what I'm thinking. What about you, Dominic? Yeah, I gotta go with, uh, I gotta go with lose your eyesight. Definitely gotta go with uh, lose your eyesight because if Daredevil has taught us anything, is that you can be blind. And still be a fucking badass. <laughs> and Star Wars Rebels. And Star Wars Rebels. That's true. That's true with uh, with Kanan. So uh, yeah, you gotta go lose your eyesight. All right, that's let's move on to question two. 
Okay, so you know, <laughs> this one looks tough, but I, I think there is there is the right answer, and there's a wrong answer to this. Um, would you rather find out your uncle is actually your dad, or have your genitals cut off? Oh, oh, I mean, it's tough. But you, you kind of have to go with find out your uncle is, is actually your dad. I mean, you know, that would be emotionally distressing. But, you know, that's something that you could probably, with therapy, you could deal with. <laughs> you know, the other the other thing is it's um, a lot more permanent, I think. You know, I mean, they're both permanent, but I, I, I feel like that's the, the lesser of, of two evils there. Mm. Yeah, I I am completely in agree uh, in agreement with you, Dominic. I do. Yeah, I do not want to lose my genitals. To be honest, I am I am more than happy. I mean, not more than happy. I would say that <laughs> I'm I'm mildly content with having to find out that information. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, question three: Would you rather die like Joffrey Baratheon or Tywin Lannister? Ooh, that is a tough one. I'm. I'm going to go with Joffrey Baratheon because... Really? Yes. I know it sounds mad, but, um, you know, to be on the toilet when you're about to be shot, I mean, (laughs) I like my privacy when I go to the loo. I I do not like it if someone intrudes and has a crossbow pointed at me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, Joffrey Baratheon's one, it seemed quite bad, but... It was quite quick. Um, you know, he had to, he got to have a sip of wine, and you know, I like a bit of wine, so that I'm going to justify it that way. I, I just, I not on the privy, no, no, <laughs> but but you seem to be uh, indifferent to that. You you seem to be leaning towards the Tywin Lannister death. Yeah, I mean, the, the Joffrey one just seems really painful. It just seems like like that's got to be like you're in absolute distress as you're dying. Whereas, you know, Tywin, Tywin's death seemed pretty much instant, but you know, it was, it was over. It was painless. I mean, you know, the first arrow was bad, but, uh, you know, by the second one, he, he wasn't getting up. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's maybe not the ideal location, but I, I would take the, um, the quicker death via arrow to the heart than, uh, you know, the more painful death. I mean, you, even you just look at the, uh, you know, you look at, at, at Joffrey when he's dying, it's just like, it just looks awful. <laughs> you know, Tywin just kind of shuts his eyes and sticks his tongue out. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. It, 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 I, 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 gotta, I gotta go with Tywin. I gotta go die, die like Tywin Lannister. Okay, so we, we differ on that one. But will we differ with the next one? Dominic, would you rather be celibate of the wall forever mm. or be a White Walker? Man, I, I, you know what? I'm going to go with be a white walker because you get to like live forever. It's very difficult to kill you. I, I, I feel like that, you know, and just because the white walkers we've seen on the show are evil doesn't mean that all the white walkers are evil. I could be like a good white walker and, 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 you know, like do great things and just live forever and all that, all that stuff. You know, I don't have, I don't have to be an evil ice king. Yeah, that's true. You could be a good White Walker. Exactly. Exactly. I just misunderstood creatures. Yes. <laughs> Precisely. 
Um, and I'm going to agree with you. I would also like to be a white walker mm-hmm. because looking at living at the wall, it doesn't really appeal to me, to be honest. No. I mean, a lot of bad stuff has gone down there. And to be honest, if you stay at the wall, you're probably going to end up being a white walker anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I might as well just go straight there and save all the pain and hardship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, both of us are going to be white walkers. Woo! All right. All right. So the next question, would you rather be super brave or super intelligent? And to go with this, they've got pictures of Brienne for super brave and Tyrion for super intelligent. I'm, I'm going to go with super intelligent. I, I, bravery. Yes, that could be good. But, uh, you know, Bravery does not always mean that you're going to come out winning. Yes. It means that you have the courage, you have the confidence and assurance to go out and, you know, if you're in Westeros, fight mm-hmm. these people. But I wouldn't want to fight those people. I want to be like Tyrion or Littlefinger and kind of, you know, be in a background, maneuvering the pieces and uh, staying away from the fight because I'm probably a coward, really. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, super intelligence. But what about yourself, Dominic? Yeah, the same for all for all the reasons you you just laid out. I mean, you know, I I would take either, but uh, I feel like intelligence might be uh, might be the way to go this time around. Yeah. So the next question: Would you rather? <laughs> I just read this now. Would you rather <laughs> talk talk like Hodor or lose a hand? That is quite a tough one, I have to say. And I, you know, in Westeros, losing a hand is like a big deal. But now, you know, we have pretty, uh, pretty spectacular, uh, you know, technologies where, you know, losing a hand is not that big a deal anymore. It may not be quite a Star Wars level of, of technology, but it, it it's not quite not such a big deal anymore. So I, I would uh, I would take losing a hand. I, I feel like that would be, uh, you know, at, at least people would still be able to understand me, and I'd I'd have my other hand. And you know, look, Hodor is great. I, I love Hodor. He's a great character. But I I would uh, I I think uh, it, given the choice between people between only being able to say Hodor and uh, getting a getting a losing a hand, I think I'd I'd keep. Uh, everything else about me and just lose the hand. Mm. I would go with exactly the same one because I think you can tell based on the fact that we do podcasts, we like to talk. Yes. Um, and I'd be very frustrated <laughs> be... if I was unable to communicate to people. <laughs> it would just be a really boring show if, it was, if we just said Hodor to each other. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that show would last long. Yeah. Not not I think the pilot episode would be about as far as it goes before, you know, it was cancelled. Mm-hmm. iTunes removed it yeah, from iTunes would just be their like, library. iTunes would be like, No, no, you guys can't have a show. No, get get out, 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 all of you. <laughs> all right. Run next- a, uh, I, was, I was about to go through the scar line, run away and never return. Yes. <laughs> as you said in the Lion King. <laughs> all right, next question. Would you rather have sex with Cal Drogo? Or Jon Snow. I oh, 
It is a it's a tougher one than I thought this would be, to be honest. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm gonna go with Carl Drogo, to be honest. Oh, okay. Because um, you know, um it could be quite an interesting experience. <laughs> um I imagine that uh uh, you know, I, I could learn some of the tricks that Daenerys did, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. She managed to tame him. So I, I feel like I'd be able to as well. You know, whereas sure. whereas Jon Snow, I, up in the north, it's going to be freezing and cold. and you're, you know, basi- you're basically just doing it with, with Jon to preserve body heat, you know, so you yeah. stay alive. That's what I'm justifying my choice as. But <laughs> are you going to go with a different one, Dominic? Oh, yeah. you, you, you got to go with Jon Snow. I mean, Khal Drogo is just interested in himself. Jon Snow is going to treat me well, you know, he's, he's going, to, he's going to care, you know, so, and, and, you know, Kit Harrington versus, um, Jason Momoa. Come on, come on, Kit Harrington. Yeah, but we're not asking that question, are we? No, I, I suppose If we're asking not. actors, I might have given a different answer. But. Suppose not, I suppose not, but I'm, I'm going with Jon Snow, Jon Snow. Oh, oh, I just looked at the next one, Dominic. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, would you rather do a naked walk of shame or eat a horse heart? You know, this really isn't a fair question because I don't know what horse heart tastes like. And also, it doesn't tell you how long you would do this walk of shame for. Well, I I think you have to assume it would be just as long as as Cersei's. And, and, you know, for all all we know, a horse heart could be a real delicacy. And, and like, what if you could like smother it in Nutella or, or barbecue sauce or something? Then, then, then you gotta go. You gotta go horse heart. I mean, you know, it would be. It might be disgusting, but it, I don't think it would leave you emotionally scarred the way the walk of shame would. That is true. So you're gonna go over, eat a horse. Eat heart. a horse heart. Gotta go eat a horse heart. Yeah, I'm. I'm also going to go with you. I'd also like to think that eating a horse heart would. You know, you, you get. It wouldn't take as long, and it wouldn't feel, as you say, as uh, as emotionally traumatic mm-hmm. uh, in, in the long term as doing a naked walk of shame. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm going to eat that horse heart instead. Not that I really want to. Anyway, um, <laughs> go on eat. Yeah, well, I, th- I think most of these questions are not like, you know, like how do you want to die? I mean, preferably I, I would not die like either of them. It would be either you know peacefully in my sleep or out in a blaze of glory like it, i i don't think you know neither of them had particularly um epic deaths uh in epic in the story of course but not you know you, you know you don't describe poisoning or being shot with an arrow on the shitter as as particularly epic deaths if you don't know the context um all right next question would you rather have your head melted like a viserys at the hands of cal drogo in season 1 or watch your daughter be burnt alive. Oh, God. That is a harsh one. That is harsh. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go have had my head melted. Yeah. Because I couldn't. How could you live with yourself after watching your daughter burn alive? Exactly. At least when your head's melted, it's horrible at the time. But, but it's over. Yeah, it's over. You don't ever Goodbye. have to think about it again. <laughs> No, because that's the way dead. I'm going to look at it. Yeah. So what do you think, Dominic? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're in a situation where it's either you or your child, you have to save the child. Yeah, you know, you have to you have to let your child live. You know, I, I'm not a parent, but, you know, from, you know, 
living with my parents for as long as I did. And, and, you know, I just generally knowing stuff about parents, you know, they're all, they're always going to always going to save their child. And so you, you have to go with, have your head melted. Right. Absolutely. So would you rather, <laughs> this is an interesting one, isn't it? Um, and, for, and for this one, I think we're going to have to pretend that we have some female parts or this yeah. is going to be very interesting. Um, would you rather date someone who's in love with your mum? Oh my God. And it's got a picture of Littlefinger there, just in case people forget what the reference is. Um, or breastfeed your son until he's 12. Obviously, you know, look, talking about Lysa Arryn and, and, uh, and her, her child. Um, Dominic, what, what oh do you think? God. This is not an easy one to choose from, is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's not like the most horrifying of them the way like the last question was, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't involve death or anything. Yeah, the last question, but in, a, in a, but in a way that almost makes it harder because you know the the last one you're choosing between sacrificing yourself to let let your child live. Uh, here you're just kind of you're, you're both just, weird. Whatever, yeah, it, it's going to be weird. Think of it that way. It doesn't make it too much yeah. difference. It's just a level of weirdness. I mean, I ah, man, I guess. I mean, well, I guess the question is, is your mom still alive? Mm. That's the question. I mean, is that, is that where you're going to try and get out of this, Dominic? Is, is this your, like, interpretation of the question yeah. or the answer? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Because, you know, Littlefinger doesn't, you know, go after Sansa until Catelyn is dead. So, I mean, if, if my mom is dead, which, you know, in and of itself is a horrifying thought, um... I guess. So hang on a minute. That means your mum's got to die then in order for this to happen. Is that what you're saying? Happen, yeah. I mean, it has to. I mean, it's it's one of the, it, it will happen someday, even though I don't really want to mm. think about that. Hopefully for at least not many, many more years. But So you're going to go with that? Yeah, answer, I got to go date, date someone who's in love with your mum. Okay. Well, I'm going to go for the opposite one. Okay. Um, just because... I just think the mum one is is weird, is really? and even if she's dead or alive, I just couldn't. I just couldn't envision that. That's oof. That's look, odd. Look, here's the other thing. You know, just because you're 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 dating this person doesn't mean you have to. You know, you could break up with them. You could you could uh, you know separate. You don't have to spend your entire life with them necessarily. No, is, but they're you know they're always going to be around, though, aren't they? Because yeah, they're yeah. in love with your mum. It is weird. Weird. <laughs> I no. I could, I'm trying to no. I don't even want to envision that. Um, so apparently, I've got to be breastfeeding my son until he's twelve, <laughs> which would be an interesting experience for the both of us. Um, but you know, I like you know, at least you're taking care of the child. I guess you're not. You know, there could be worse things. You know, we've seen a daughter burnt alive here. So I think breastfeeding your son until he's 12, it, it, as I said, it could be worse. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going with that option. All right. All right. Um, would you rather die at the Red Wedding or like the Red Viper? <sighs> That's tough. Both of them are absolutely horrific deaths. Yeah. But I've got to go for the Red Wedding. I just... Oh, could you imagine your face just like exploding? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a horrible thought. 
the, the, the red wedding was horrible, but at least it was a cut to the throat and you're gone. Yeah. It's again, it's the, it's the instantaneous, like it's, it's, yeah, it's over quickly. That's what I'm going for. What, what about you, Dominic? Yeah, same, same thing. That's it, 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 it would be quick. Yeah, you know, it, it would be it would be over fast. You wouldn't. Have oh, to. and also the red viper. He put his thumbs in his eyes first. Ugh, so, yeah. Oh, not good. Not good. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Now this one is tough. Oof. Would you rather spend your life with Ramsey Bolton or Joffrey? You know, gotta go, Joffrey. Gotta go, Joffrey. Why? Because there are people around that could control Joffrey. You know, Tyrion, Tywin, Marjorie to an extent, even Robert a little bit. Uh, whereas nobody can really control Ramsay. Even even Ro- even Roose Bolton, if, he has a little bit of control over him, but not as much. You know. Tywin and, and Tyrion in particular could, you know, get Joffrey, could shut Joffrey up. They could, they knew how to, knew how to handle him. Nobody knows how to handle Ramsay. That is true. How about his dad, though? Yeah, even him, even him, you know, he, 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 he his dad, but his dad doesn't really try and stop him from doing most of the stuff. I mean, he tells him to stop flaying people at one time but the rest of the time he's still kind of just kind of lets it happen you know he doesn't he doesn't try and help Sansa he doesn't try and help Theon it's it's still he, he almost encourages it at times you know he, he lets uh he lets him go and and bomb or whatever he does to Stannis's uh, forces so uh, I, again I don't there is nobody who can control Ramsay he's just got to die yeah uh, I I are going to agree. I, uh, Joffrey over Ramsay. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the way we were introduced to Ramsay and everything that he's done since, he's just a homicidal maniac. I mean, Joffrey is a maniac, and but he seems to have a little bit more sanity to him, or he seems to be. I mean, none of both of them are quite unpredictable characters, but Joffrey. As you say, you seem to be able to at least control him to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he seems to be... Uh, he he won't get his hands dirty as much as the other ones. Yes, okay, he used a crossbow, but... Whereas Ramsey is put in your face. Oof. Yeah. No thank you. Mm-hmm. Right, so... Is, I think it's my turn. Yeah, I've kind of lost, lost track. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it over anyway right. for this one. Would you rather... Be a walk like Bran and see into the minds of animals or be able to control dragons. And I think we're probably going to agree on which one we'd rather have. I mean, you got warg. If you, if you can warg and if you're powerful enough of a warg, you could control dragons that way. You could be a dragon. I mean, come on. You got to go with, you got to go with warg. Well, I'm not. I'm not. What? I'm going for oh, control man. the dragons. I see. I don't want to see into all of the minds of animals. I'm quite happy with my dragons, mm. to be honest. Yes, okay. As a walk, you might be able to take control over over one for a bit, but you know they're still my dragons, um, and I, you know, I'd rather have them by my side, uh, you know, because they're, they're they're going to be there, whatever happens. Whereas with a walk, is it's just uh, I, for me, it's quite a strange experience. I'd rather have them by my side than become one. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the dragon's option. Dragon's option. All right, all right. You know, but the thing about being able to warg is like you can, you know, you can, you know, dragons are only really good in battle. You know, with warg, you could like warg into just like a a bird or something, and 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 listen. You could be you could you could basically be your own spy network. You wouldn't need you wouldn't need a Varus. You would just be able to do everything yourself. But so, but you know, I I'll take I'll take warg. You can take dragons. We'll, we'll, we'll meet on the battlefield and see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, all right, Dominic. All right. And uh, next question. Would you rather? Uh, and again, uh, this first one would involve uh, having a, a different body, but uh, give birth to a weird shadow baby or be a reek or be reek. It's, it's got to be the shadow baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would so rather give birth to a weird shadow baby than be reek. You know, reek who is... Uh, been castrated, uh, who has has been tortured, traumatized, is locked in a cage with dogs. You know, at least with the weird shadow baby, it would be the most surreal experience, um, and it would probably be very painful. But you know, it's your shadow baby. You can do with it what you like, and you can still give birth, which is what Reek cannot do. So, mm-hmm. I'm going for the shadow baby. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm- definitely going to agree with you there for all the same reasons right so we've got two more left so would you rather right I mean I don't really see why this is well maybe maybe I can see why they've chosen this okay would you rather fall down the moon door or be pushed out of a window and not be able to walk again oh easy pushed out the window and not be able to walk again yeah because that's why i thought you're alive you know people people <laughs> live in people with who are disabled or paralyzed from the waist down you know in wheelchairs live can live very fulfilling lives and i would much rather do that than fall down fall through a moon door and not get to live yeah so i agree i agree and so we're on the last one dominic last one all right so Hold off on uh, hold off on actually clicking your answer until uh, until we both have answers. That way we can get our get our answers at the same time, get our our results our results at the same time. So the question is, would you rather be a wildling or a member of the Unsullied? And again, I I don't really think there's much of a competition here. I would be a wildling. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, freedom, do what you want. Again, you get to keep your genitalia. I mean, <laughs> it's a it's a little cold, but you know, now that John has opened up the wall, you can head south, and who knows how south you could go? And you know, people probably, you know, as 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 you move further south and you, you know, change clothes, then people probably won't be able to recognize the fact that you're a wildling, and you may not get discriminated against. Or although, you know, maybe as the series ends, there will be some kind of uh, understanding reached and, and such discrimination could end, could end. And so, yeah, there's a, I, I think being a wildling is generally the, the better answer. Completely agree. Right. So, so on, are we ready on three? We will uh, click the answers and see what we get. All right. So one, two, three. Okay. My answer is awesome, but also kind of weird. Okay. My one is just awesome. Okay. Well, you you go first. Well, who would you get? I am the mother of dragons, hey! Daenerys Targaryen, which nice. means, quite frankly, I rule. Yes. <laughs> so, 
my answer is weird, given given one of my answers earlier <laughs> in the quiz. I'm John Snow. Oh. <laughs> There you go. So you wanted to be Jon Snow as well. You Apparently. get to have sex with yourself. <laughs> I guess this is the quiz's way of telling me to go fuck myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know quizzes could do yeah, that. That's a bit that's, harsh. It's, that's a bit. That's yeah. It's a bit harsh, but uh, it says that you may you may know nothing, Jon Snow, but you're a true leader with a heart of gold. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. And with that. I think we will wrap things up for this week or this episode, I should say here on the Watchers of Westeros. Oh, it's so good to be back. Mm. And what a long episode that was in a good way, though. In a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is our big preview show. Yes, indeed. And so we'll be back in two weeks time to break down this season premiere. And it's called The Red, The Red Woman. Isn't that the title? Is it? I think so. I imagine so. Hold on. Got to Google this. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. I was right. All right. So we'll be back to discuss that in two weeks time. It's on HBO or Sky Movies, uh, depending on where you are in the world. And uh, oh, man, looks like we are in for one hell of a season. So be sure to tune in then. Uh, in the meantime, I've, like I said, I have to remember how to do this. I have to remember how to do this. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Watcher Westeros. You can like us on Facebook. Just search for The Watchers of Westeros. You can follow me personally. I'm at DominicJ25 and Kieran is at CDuggan6. Uh, Kieran, do you want to let people know uh, what else you've got going on with uh, podcasting and, and radio and all that? Yes, of course. So, very busy time with podcasting. Uh, I was saying to Dominic off air that I think for both of us, this is the uh, fourth podcast we have done in the last seven days. It's been pretty busy, but it's been good. We've had a good time doing it and uh, we continue doing it. So the main podcast that I'm involved in with yourself, Dominic, is the Clone War Strikes Back. And uh, you can, I mean, first of all, Clone War Strikes Back is uh, the podcast where we look back at a Star Wars television series entitled The Clone Wars, um, which is which were aired between 2008 and 2013. And we look back and discuss the arcs in a kind of hindsight perspective. So rather than watching it whilst well, talking about it whilst watching it, we've already watched it, we're talking about it again. So it's pretty cool. And the last episode that we released was the commentary for Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, where we looked at that film from a Clone Wars perspective. So if you want to get in touch with us or you want to listen to that, then you can do by going to our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash Clone Wars Strikes Back. And that will uh, provide references to uh, how you, uh, to let you know how you can listen to us. Uh, we also have our Twitter feed, which is twitter.com slash Clone Wars Strikes Back. Um, and... We can be followed on iTunes, uh, Dominic. You know more about iTunes than I do, so <laughs> you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it over to you because I haven't got too much to say about expression. Um, you you take over. All right. From me. Yeah. iTunes is the best place to uh, subscribe to not only this show but also the Star Wars podcasts that we do. Uh, the Star Wars uh, podcasts, if you want to get those, 
you look for the Star Wars Underworld on iTunes. That's where you'll get the Clone Wars Strikes Back, which features uh, Kieran and myself. You'll also get Live from Lothal, which is a discussion podcast about Star Wars Rebels, the animated series that's on Disney XD right now. And then there's the weekly Star Wars Underworld podcast, which is just about Star Wars in general. The focus is generally the movies, but we also uh, we also delve off into uh, various other topics. And uh, the most recent episode is available now and it features Kieran and we are breaking down the trailer for Rogue One, a Star Wars story, the new movie that's coming out this December. So you don't want to miss that episode. Uh, and, and so, yeah, and then also be sure to subscribe to the Watchers of Westeros on iTunes. Uh, just search for us there. And if you have a, if you feel like it and you want to leave us a five star review, we would greatly appreciate it. So that'll do it for this episode. Like I said, we'll be back in two weeks to discuss The Red Woman. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to be back discussing episodes of Game of Thrones. So much fun to be back doing the podcast. And we hope we hope you enjoyed it. And we hope you enjoy our coverage of Season 6. So thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. It's a wrap. It's a wrap.